Hi guys, and welcome to episode 70 of the Optical View podcast. Today I have on Salita Lowe. Salita is a makeup specialist. This is who you want to go to if you need your makeup done for any type of function in the Durham region. Make sure you guys hit her up for any type of makeup. And I also learned how to cover up a black eye. So, I mean, that's useful for me, maybe for some other people listening as well. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one. I want to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, the one and only known across Canada and across Ontario, Tim Hortons. Always fresh. Always Tim Hortons. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Today I'm joined with Salita Lowe. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now I should let you know before we begin, this is beyond my comfort zone, and I, and I don't know much about what I think we'll be talking about. So if I ask <laughs> some silly questions, then keep that in mind. <laughs> Sounds good, will do. Before we jump into the juicy stuff, who you are and what do you do, I have a couple of quick rapid-fire questions for you. Okay, sounds good. Favorite genre of music? Oh, um, Latin. <laughs> what do you think your favorite thing about yourself is? Uh, oh, my athleticism. <laughs> okay. What do you think is the best gift that you've ever received? A trip to Disney. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to flip it around. What do you think is the best gift that you ever gave? Ooh. Um, honestly, probably a trip to Disney, but a different trip. <laughs> a different trip? Yeah. I got to know, how many times have you been to Disney? Oh, um, probably five or six times. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Disney fan, so it's, uh, it's it was a big deal in my family. Okay. Do you have a favorite quote? If you do, what is it? Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Audrey Hepburn, and one of her quotes is very short and sweet, but, um, oh my God, how does it go? I don't even remember it word for word, but it's something about how nothing is impossible because you put the two together and it says I'm possible. It's just kind of around the fact that, you know, you can do anything and nothing, nothing can stop you and get in your way. I love that. If a movie ever gets made about you, who would you want to play you in the movie? Hmm. Um, I would probably say America Ferreira, just because I get a lot of comments about how we are, we look alike, first of all, and also just a lot of the characters that she plays kind of have the same personality and um, just overall aura that I have. So I probably, she'd probably be the best one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, before we move on to this or that, one last one. 
What is your favorite tattoo either on you or on somebody else? Um, well, I actually just got my first tattoo ever this past fall. Um, and it is definitely my favorite. It's just a little um, like silhouette outline of a picture of my dad and I when I was a kid. So that is for sure my favorite. Yeah, perfect. Moving on to this or that. Two options. You got to pick one. Okay. Audiobook or podcast? Podcast. Cats or dogs? <laughs> uh, dogs. Hot or cold weather? Hot. Coffee or tea? Coffee for sure. Morning or night person? Uh, morning. Tacos or burgers? Tacos. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Oh, man. Um, let's go with waffles. Soup or salad? Soup. Are you introverted or extroverted? I am very much introverted. <laughs> and my personal favorite, pizza or pasta? Oh, man. Probably pasta. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, I asked the tough questions here. You really do. You're really making me think. Let's go into who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so, um, uh, well, my name's Salida, and um, I kind of have two jobs, so to speak. So, Primarily, I work in commercial insurance, which is not super exciting, um, but it's a great job. Um, and then on the side, I do makeup. I'm actually a makeup artist, um, kind of on and off for a little while, but I'd say the past three or four years, I've been doing it more seriously. Um, it's still not a full-time gig. Maybe one day it will be. But uh, yeah, so I do that mostly in like the Durham and Clarington regions. And I do all kinds of stuff. I do a lot of weddings. I do some costume makeup, you know, for Halloween, stuff like that. Um, special events. Sometimes I just do it on myself just for fun because why not? Um, and yeah, I'm, that's kind of my, my job side. In terms of hobbies, I'm a big sports person. Um, I do soccer, softball, kickboxing. Um, what else do I do? I guess that's pretty much it. Um, but I've, I've always been a very athletic person. So it's a kind of, kind of a nice balance to, you know, doing makeup and sitting at a desk all day. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want me to, to cover? I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. I just I just like to okay. listen and try and take in as much of the information that you're saying here. For sure, yeah. Let's, how, when did you first get into makeup? Um, I would say probably seven or eight years ago, but it was really just, I don't know, it was kind of when 
like makeup tutorials, you know, on Instagram and YouTube really started to take off. So it was really just kind of playing around with things, experimenting on myself. Um, about five years ago, I had a friend ask me to do her makeup for her wedding. And I thought, whoa, like that's, that's not what I do. Like, that's crazy. That's a lot of pressure. It's, you know, one of the biggest days of their life and you want to trust your face with me, but um but yeah I did it and it turned out great and I kind of realized that I really liked it so I started to take it a little more seriously um but it all honestly kind of started with I literally saw a video on Instagram and I thought wow that's really cool like I want to do that and immediately I went to Sephora and bought my first bit of makeup from there and it just kind of spitballed from there like I just for the longest time most of my pet paychecks went directly to Sephora because I was just so caught up in you know trying all the new things and yeah as as I started to get more and more clients it just kind of grew and uh but it all it all started just from watching videos online now again, you're gonna have to pardon my ignorance here on on makeup and in the industry. There's different. <laughs> no worries. Is there different types of makeup for for different faces and skin tones and stuff like that? Oh yeah, for sure. There's um, yeah. I mean, it it depends on what the person is is looking for, but you definitely like when I have clients I usually do a trial so that I know what they look like I know exactly what kind of products I need to use um, and we kind of go through a process of what works and what doesn't so that when the actual event day comes then I know exactly what I'm doing I know exactly how to apply it you know depending on what their skin is like or what color their skin is or even their age um, you know naturally as you get older you get more wrinkles so you have to apply it differently um so there's all kinds of different techniques and different types of products to use depending on the person so it's not a it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all now i'm curious how the technique changes um for an older person versus a younger person yeah so like typically with an older person, someone that has, you know, more, I like to call them lifelines on their face. Um, it's, you don't want to put too much because if you, if you put heavy makeup, it just accentuates the lines on their face. And I mean, nobody wants that. Everybody always wants to look younger than they actually are. Um, so it's, it's kind of just a matter of focusing on certain areas and just trying to, I guess, bring some youth back into their face. Um, if I have someone, you know, a, a 25 year old versus a 60 year old, the 25 year old, I can put a ton of makeup on her face and it'll still look natural, but it'll be fairly glamorous. Whereas I can achieve that same final look on the 60 year old with less makeup because the more you put on, it just, it settles into wrinkles. So it, it, it really accentuates it and it actually makes you look older, um, which obviously nobody really wants that. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of like how much product you use and where you place it. 
Now, I know for for men's hair products, they have like, you know, I think it's called Just Gray or Just just some, something about gray where you want to blend it in where the hair would still be gray, but you still have a bit of that uh, coloring in. Is there anything like that with makeup where you, you want to kind of showcase that person's age while still highlighting their features? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think a lot of people expect makeup artists to perform magic. You know, they show you a picture and they're like, I want to look like that. And it's like, well, that model in that picture is 20 years younger than you. You can't look like that. I can't make the wrinkles magically disappear. So it's definitely just a, a matter of, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly what it is, like accentuating their features, but not, not hiding who they are, really, at the end of the day, it still looks like them, it still looks natural, just, you know, a little nicer, maybe a little more refined. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't speak to, to other makeup artists, but for myself, like, I definitely focus on keeping it real, making them look like themselves, just, you know, a few little touch-ups here and there. Okay. And is there any type of, I guess, certification or documentation that you need to be, I guess, a certified makeup artist? Yeah. Um, I guess you don't necessarily need to be certified. When I first started doing it, I wasn't. Um, but obviously, it's it's going to be a little harder to find clients because, you know, they're going to want to find the people that are considered professional and have the certifications and, and have done the work to, uh, to put into it. But um, it's, you do, you, if you want to be certified, there's definitely different options there. You know, I myself have done like a, a five day certification kind of thing. There are other courses where you can do where it's like an actual college course. So you go and you take this program for, you know, a year, two years, and you learn all kinds of different types. Like the one that I did was just kind of a basics kind of thing. You learn a few key, um, you know, kinds of looks to do. But when you take these college courses, obviously it's a lot more in depth and you learn how to do you know, special effects and, um, you know, prosthetics and stuff like that. So you kind of learn a little bit of everything. You learn how to do, I think, even like movie makeup, theater makeup, because every different form of, I guess, entertainment has a different way of doing the makeup, depending on, you know, whether it's behind camera or on stage with the bright lights. So you learn all of that. Um, so obviously, like, that's the best option to do um, but it is a big time commitment but um, yeah there's all kinds of courses that you could take as well you know even one day courses one week courses there's so many different options in order to get different types of certifications well, I'm so curious besides actually doing makeup on people how do you continuously learn and grow and become a better makeup artist uh, for me, I do a lot on myself. So I just kind of, if I have an idea, I practice it on myself. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be the same as doing it on someone else. But, 
it it gives me a chance to just kind of refine some of my skills and come up with new ideas. You know, maybe I see something when I'm out on a walk that kind of inspires me or I don't know, anything like that. So I do actually spend a lot of time doing different kinds of looks on myself, um, even my family. Like, you know, obviously as a business, when you're starting out, you have to build your portfolio somehow. So, you know, I recruit a lot of family and friends to just be models for me. They don't have to pay for my service. It's just, they're doing me a favor. They get a fun makeup look out of it. Um, But I think a lot of it too is just, even just, you know, watching videos, watching tutorials, you may not necessarily be doing it yourself, but you're watching how how they do it and you know they explain it and then you know something might stick the next time you're doing something you'd be like oh I remember that from that video you know I'll try that technique instead of what I've always been doing maybe it'll be better um so I think it's that's a big part of it as well now do you post videos and tutorials yourself not as much as I should I try to um but it's a lot of work it like trying to film things and then edit them and you know make sure that it looks good and appealing to people I am trying to do more um, but I tend to I tend to lean more to just like just like a regular post like not really a video Um, but that is something on on my I guess bucket list for this year is just trying to put myself out there a little more and do something more like a, a tutorial or even just like a a quick little step-by-step thing. Yeah, that kind of jumps me kind of to an next kind of curious question here. How do you get the majority of your clients? How are you networking yourself? Uh, it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, you know, it started off by, I did it for a couple of friends and they recommended me to a couple of other people. Um, even people that have never necessarily had their makeup done by me but have seen my work on other people um so and honestly it's it's everything is about posting online these days whether it's you know tiktok or instagram you just have to kind of keep posting it and putting it out there you know sometimes i get random messages from people that i don't know where they came from they have no relation to anybody that i know they just kind of found me randomly um so sometimes it's just a matter of just kind of putting your stuff out there and you know, hoping that someone will see it. I do also try to attend some networking events once in a while um, with, you know, a ton of other small business owners. So then again, you know, you kind of put your face out there and you get to talking and, you know, someone you met might recommend you to someone else they know is looking for a makeup artist or something like that. So it's, it's really just a matter of, of putting yourself out there and just talking to people, selling yourself whenever you can. Now, are you somebody who promotes yourself in all your extracurricular activities like the kickboxing and the softball and, and all the other activities that you do? Not necessarily. Um, unless the, like the topic is brought up. Um, I, I don't really, I don't know. It's again, because of my, I'm very introverted. I'm not just going to go up to someone and say, you know, 
hey, did you know I'm a makeup artist? <laughs> and kind of put myself in their face like that. But if if the topic comes up, um, or even, you know, if, if, let's say I'm at softball and, you know, we have a new girl on our team and she decides to follow me on Instagram, she will obviously see, you know, by my, by my name and the content that I post that that's what I do. Um, but I won't, I won't bring it up out of the blue. Um, Cause that's just, I don't know. That's just not how I like to do things. For sure. For sure. Do you have any uh, merchandise, right? For example, I mean, I constantly wear my podcast shirts wherever I go, just mm-hmm. that somebody might see it and ask, what is that? Yeah, I have some stuff like nothing too crazy. Like I do have a shirt that I wear um, mostly when I go to clients, almost almost like a uniform, um, you know, with my logo and my name on it. I have some stuff um, like a keychain, but nothing too much. Um, I, I don't know. I've, maybe that's something I should start doing, but definitely like it. You're right. It does get people's attention. Like, Hey, what is that? Is that you? Or are you advertising someone else? It's, it's definitely a conversation starter. A million percent. Now I'm also curious, do you also do nails as well or just makeup? Just makeup. Yeah, I know it's nails are not my forte. <laughs> How does, does makeup change or does makeup change, I think, is a better way to, to frame this, uh, if you're doing it on a male versus a female? Um, yeah, so it definitely does change. I mean, I guess it depends on what they're looking for. Um, I actually had a wedding a couple years back where the groom actually asked to have his makeup done because he had very like red skin and he just wanted to cover it up for the pictures, didn't want it to show. So in that case, you know, I would do very, very little, just enough to kind of cover up what he wants covered up, but not to look like he's wearing makeup. Um, Because in this case, like it's, he didn't, you know, want a full face of makeup it was just to cover up those little imperfections um but you know if if someone was looking for kind of like a a big glamorous look um I know a lot of people like going for example um with the pride parade being this past weekend a lot of people are looking for like crazy outgoing makeup looks both men and women Mm -hmm. And um, so, I mean, obviously there you would, you would go to town and just make it super extravagant. Um, but I feel like, at least in my experience, most men, if they want anything, it would be very, very natural. They don't want it to look like they have anything on. Um, so it really depends on, on who it is and what they're looking for. Now, I'm curious, when it comes to uh, different facial features, and one of them being facial hair, how do you work around that? Uh, it basically, I don't know, you basically just kind of just like stop wherever the, the hairline is. Because um, you wouldn't want to put it, unless you're trying to cover up the beard, you wouldn't want to put makeup on the beard because then it's going to look all funky and splotchy. Um, 
so yeah, like, you know, if, if they have kind of a, a clear facial hairline, I would just kind of stop there and, and leave it as is. Did you mention you could cover up somebody's beard with makeup? Well, <laughs> if it's like a very short beard, you could, like, I can't make it look like it's not there, but I could cover it with, with makeup if I wanted to, if they wanted it to kind of blend in more. Um, I have done like a Halloween look where their entire face needed to be white, but he had beard. So I, you know, covered the beard in white paint just so that it kind of looked somewhat seamless. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I can't make it disappear, but I do what I can to, to cover it up and make everything look even. Now I'm curious. And again, I really don't know much about, about makeup at all but is there a busy and dead season yes uh definitely the summer is busy just because of weddings um even right now like a lot of prom going on so it's definitely busy right now and i'd say like from may to september is is the busiest that's when most people get married that's when most people you know have big anniversary parties or just in general big events that they need to go to um christmas time can get a little busy but i mean most people are not going to have their makeup done unless they have a special event halloween gets fairly busy as well um but definitely the summer is is the busiest time of the year for sure and other than the face I mean, are there other common places to, to get makeup put on your body? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do like body painting if it's maybe if it's part of a Halloween costume or if it's part of, a, you know, for someone in theater, like part of their character. Um, you can even do like tattoo cover-ups, you know, if someone wants to cover up their tattoos for whatever reason. Um, but I would say like, un unless you're really, unless you're like in the entertainment industry, you're not going to be really doing too much of that. Um, just, it's a lot of work and like, not just for the makeup artist, but for the person getting the makeup done as well. Cause it's, I mean, I'm sure you've seen videos of celebrities, you know, getting into character, like it's, it takes hours to do that kind of stuff. So it's definitely something you see more in movies, TV, theater, stuff like that. Now, I got to ask, because you said you do you do kickboxing, right? Uh, yeah. I've been kicked and punched in the face many, many times. Right? What's the <laughs> best way to cover up a black eye? So the trick to that is, uh, it's what it's called, it's color correcting. So a lot of people might think, oh, you just, take you know makeup that's the same color as your skin and, and cover it up and that's that depends on the severity of the bruise if it's a small little bruise that might work um, but if it's a little more severe you actually kind of have to use an opposite color to cancel it out so if your bruise is you know bluish purplish you would use the opposite color to cancel it out so like a an orange or a green and that kind of helps 
neutralize the color of the bruise and then you can put your natural you know your actual skin color on top of that um because without that base underneath to neutralize it um it would you would still be able to see it you know it, it would be covered but it would still look you know kind of muddy and, and weird so yeah the key is to kind of just just neutralize the color by using the opposite you know if you think of a color wheel then you just choose the opposite color of that okay if um, that makes sense <laughs> I, I think so i think okay I, it does yeah. i'm not the best with colors but i'm understanding what you're saying here so. <laughs> now what's the best way to take makeup off um definitely using some sort of oil-based remover. It's very popular for people to use makeup wipes because they're super convenient. They come in a little package, you pull it out and you wipe your face. But over time, you know, when you're rubbing your face, you're kind of pulling and tugging your skin and that can cause premature wrinkling. Um, so typically you want to avoid that. I mean, I still do it once in a while when I'm in a pinch or if I'm in a rush, but ideally some sort of oil or cream-based makeup remover, even something like baby oil would work, like if you didn't have anything or Vaseline. And then you can just use like a wet cloth to wipe it off and it's gentler on the skin, it's easier on your eyes. And honestly, it, it is better, not just for like the, the wrinkles, but it's better for the hydration of your skin. Um, so I always tell people to try and avoid using makeup wipes if possible. Um, unfortunately, it is just the most convenient way of doing it. So it's, it's hard to give it up, but that would be, that would be my advice. Now, I'm sure we've all heard stories of somebody having makeup on and either they fall asleep or they go to bed, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. What, what, what happens? I mean, does it stain the pillow, stain the pillow? Why is that so bad? to go to bed with makeup on your face? Does it, does it stay on your body longer or tougher to get off? Um, it's mostly, it just, it's not good for your skin because your skin needs to be able to breathe, right? So if you sleep with makeup on, it can cause you to break out. It can cause a rash, um, you know, just any sort of irritation. You need to be able to give your skin a chance to breathe, especially if it's a lot of makeup. Um, I mean, I am fairly confident that anyone that's ever worn makeup has fallen asleep in their makeup at least once. I know I have. And I wake up the next morning and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, but again, it's just it's not good for your skin. So you want to. At the very least, try to wipe off as much as you can. Of course, you know, things happen. Sometimes you fall asleep without expecting. It is what it is. Once in a while, it's not going to hurt. But if you're doing it all the time, it's definitely going to affect your skin. It's going to make you age faster. Like your skin is just, it's not going to be able to, you know, re retain moisture and stuff like that. And so it's just going to make you start to look older sooner than you should. Um and it can cause breakouts. You'll start to get acne, you'll, you know, pimples, all kinds of stuff. 
and really who wants that yeah for sure no one then you need to put makeup on cover the pimples exactly exactly so it's just kind of it'll become like a never-ending cycle so you need to give your, your skin a chance to just kind of relax and take a break from the makeup um so definitely i mean in terms of you know your pillows getting dirty that's not a big deal you can throw it in the wash and it's fine but uh the skin you got to take care of your skin now i'm going to jump into a, a, a maybe a controversial topic i'm not sure i've heard okay. being controversial here um what's up with the beauty industry and more specific the makeup industry with with testing on animals yeah, I mean, it's that is definitely uh, can be a very controversial topic. It's, I mean, it's the same thing, same kind of ideas as, as, you know, being vegan or vegetarian. Obviously, like people don't want to be harming the animals. Um, you know, it's a little different now because there is a lot more makeup out there that is considered clean. And so, you know, it's made with more natural products. There's no harsh chemicals in it. Um, and so it's gentler. And I'm not saying that it's okay to test on animals, but it's it's definitely not, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's just, it's not as bad as it used to be. Whereas, you know, in the past, they would test these makeup products that are just loaded with all kinds of chemicals because they want to get, you know, the smell of it right and the color of it and the texture and all this stuff and it would it would harm the animals you know I I feel like um it's very commonly done on um uh, like rodents and rabbits and stuff like that and it would cause them to have you know reactions on their skin and stuff like that and you know obviously that's how they determined whether it was fit for use on humans but it's it it wasn't ethical so a lot of products these days are made without testing on animals um and they use a lot cleaner products not just and not just friendly to people but friendly to the environment as well um yeah so it is is there's been a big shift in the industry in in that sense um I'd say in the last like five to 10 years, it's, it's changed a lot. Now a question that came to my mind, um, and maybe you don't know, but maybe you do is if you're, if you know, the, these products are no longer testing on animals, who are they testing on or what are they testing on? That's actually a great question. And I'm not sure. I know that I, it's possible that like they might get, volunteers to test because i mean in that case you know you have the person's consent to do it they they understand the risks they're taking whereas an animal they don't know what's going on you can't you know ask them if it's okay to try this on them um so i feel like that might be one of the one of the things that they do but i think also because they're using better quality cleaner ingredients in the products they don't require as much testing as it used to and is there particular brands that you yourself gravitate towards um yeah definitely um 
you know, I used to be a big fan of all the, you know, the high-end brands that you would find at, at Sephora or somewhere like Mac. Um, but I've kind of come to learn over the past couple of years that like drugstore brand makeup has, has come a long way. And so I'm actually quite a fan of a lot of, you know, the stuff you can find in shoppers or even Walmart, stuff like that. Um, it's, it's, some of the stuff is, is, you know, the quality is equal to the high end stuff, but at a fraction of the cost and I'm all for saving as much money as possible. Um, so yeah, I mean, like for myself, I'm a big fan of, it's called Elf Cosmetics. Um, they are a drugstore brand, super affordable. I would say like 90% of their products are comparable to a lot of the high end stuff that you would pay like three or four times the price for. Um, so like it's, it's a steal really. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, I would say that that's my top one right now, but it changes every couple of years, you know, brands change their formulas, they change, you know, what kinds of products that they have. So I feel like, you know, in a couple of years, I might have a different favorite brand. Yeah, for sure. And do, does, does makeup have an expiry date? It does. Um, depends on the product, but a lot of the times can be as little as three months, wow. um, can go up to a year, two years. Um, some stuff, uh, like a mascara, for example, you put it on your eyes. And so every time you, you, you take the wand out of the bottle and put it back in, you're opening it up to the possibility of more bacteria. And so typically with mascara, you'll see a, like a three month expiry because if you keep using it past that, there's a pretty good chance you might give yourself an eye infection. That being said, a lot of people don't follow those because realistically, you're probably not gonna, if you, especially if you don't wear makeup every day, you're not gonna go through you know one thing every three months it's just it's not cost effective and then you're wasting product so it's it's kind of tough when I use makeup on clients I absolutely will not go past the expiry date because I don't want to take any chances I don't want to give my clients any sort of infections or breakouts not taking that chance Um, with myself I do I am a little more liberal with it but I still you know, I know some people that will have, again, something like a mascara. After three months, you should be throwing it out. But two years later, they're still using it. And it's like, that's that's a big no-no. Because um, it's, it's, and it's not going to work the same either. It's going to dry out and it's going to get weird. And it's just not going to have the desired effect anymore. Um, so I think it's best to try to follow those expiries as much as possible. I understand that, you know, if you don't wear it every day and it's practically new, you're not going to just chuck it after three months. But, you know, also don't go the other extreme and don't keep it for two years longer than you should be. Yeah, for sure. Now, I have no idea what a wand is. Can you walk me through (laughs) some of the the tools that you use and uh, how do you maintain and clean them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you have 
you know, brushes, different types of brushes for different types of products. Um, you know, some brushes are for like powdered products, some are for like cream products. You've got sponges, different sizes, different shapes, depending on what you're doing. Um, you have, like I mentioned before, the mascara wand. So that's just the, the part of the mascara that's like, it's kind of like a brush that you brush through your eyelashes. Um, what else, what else? I mean, you have like lipstick applicators as well. For myself, um, you know, I clean all my brushes and sponges probably not as often as I should, maybe once every two or three weeks. Um, and it's just, I just use, I use like a, a makeup brush soap, but I mean, you can use, I used to use baby soap as well because it's very gentle uh, and just, just soap and water and you wash it, clean it up, you let it dry. Um, when it comes to stuff that I use on the clients, I never use the same brush on two different clients. So if I have, for example, a wedding party and I'm doing four people in one day, um, I try to have different sets of brushes if I can't because brushes can be very expensive. Um, I do have like a almost like a sanitizing liquid that I use and it's a fast drying liquid. So I can sanitize the brushes really quickly in between clients and it dries very quickly. Um, but in that case, you have to make sure that you're, you're cleaning and sanitizing. You do have to use a lot of disposable stuff, um, not necessarily brushes, but other types of things like mascara wands, lipstick applicators, um, even some eye products, we try to keep everything disposable. So, you know, you use it on one client and you throw it out because you can't just kind of keep dipping back into the product. You're bound to collect a lot of bacteria in those products and give someone some sort of infection. We don't, uh, we don't want to do that, especially on their big day. Yes. That's that's so interesting to me, all the different tools that go in to to something that, you know, what I've seen online seems seems so simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And I mean, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, for the average person just doing their own makeup at home. Obviously, you're only going to need the few things that you want to do what you're you're trying to achieve. But when you're doing clients, you kind of have to have a little bit of everything because you never know who's going to want what. Um, so it's, it's, it is a lot. It's, I definitely, uh, I'm running out of space to keep all my stuff because it just keeps growing. I'm curious if, if you can come up with three do's and don't for, for people at home doing their own makeup. Um, hmm. For a do, I would say do try to do your makeup with some sort of natural light. I know a lot of people have, you know, makeup mirrors or even like just doing it in their washer mirror, which is fine. But at the end of the day, if you're going out, you want to see what your makeup is going to look like out in the natural light. 
So it could look really good in your bathroom lighting, but the second you step outside, it could look totally different. Wow. Yeah. So I would suggest um, trying to have some sort of natural light uh, when you do your makeup so that you kind of have an idea of what it's going to look like. Um, what else? I would say definitely do um, clean your products once in a while, your brushes and even like the makeup itself when you can. Um, a lot of people that are not makeup artists don't necessarily think about that, but I think it is very important. Even if it's just once a month, it'll keep your stuff, it'll last longer. It'll keep your you know stuff like your brushes and your sponges in better shape. And it'll keep you from having your skin break out all the time, which I feel like can be a very big issue, especially for people who wear a lot of makeup. Um, what else? Uh, maybe I might come back to a do, but a don't would be don't wear too much makeup. I think over the past few years, there was kind of this trend of just like wearing an insane amount of makeup because that's the only way, you know, you can look glamorous and that's not true. You can still achieve the same effect without wearing too much makeup. Um, I think for me anyways, I think less is more. I was in the same boat. I used to wear, I just cake on a ton of stuff. And it looked good from far, but you get up close in person and it doesn't look as great. Um, so I, I would say don't wear too much. You definitely don't need as much as you think. Um, what else? I put you on the hot seat here. I know. It's a tough one. I'm sure I'll think of a million things later tonight. That's for sure. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I can think of anything else at the moment. That's a, before I uh, before I jump into kind of my closing questions here. Can you can you just run uh, everyone through all the services you do and the prices as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the prices kind of vary all over the place, but I do basically wedding makeup, special event makeup um costume makeup um what else and i can do like prom grad i do offer uh, makeup specifically for like brides and then also bridal parties it's a little bit different even um kids you know if you have like a, a flower girl or just you know you want something very very light but I know I've had a lot of brides who their daughters, who, you know, 10, 11 years old, they want their makeup done like their mom too. So, you know, I can do that obviously very, very little, just a little something to make them feel like part of the day and all of that. Um, but yeah, pretty much any kind of makeup that you're looking for. The only thing I don't do is like special effects and prosthetic makeup. That is definitely on my to-do list. So maybe somewhere down the road. Um, but yeah, any any other kind of makeup really, whether you're looking for 
you know, a, a very glamorous look, a very natural look. Um, I, I can pretty much do any of that. I'm excited for Even, Halloween. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I'm excited for Halloween. I'm going to have to uh, to get you to, to, to make some character up for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me know. I love doing costume makeup. It's so much fun. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say there? Oh, um... Oh, I was just going to say, even like for photo shoots, I know it's a, a big thing right now. People are getting photo shoots done a lot more now than ever. Um, so like I can do stuff like that as well. And that's it. All right. I have three closing questions that I ask every one of my guests. This is my favorite part of the podcast. I'm going to you. Take as much time or as little time as you want to answer these. Okay. First one, what three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Um, hmm. I would say as, as someone that tends to be quite introverted, um, my, my ability to kind of step out of my comfort zone Um you know, it's the saying how you, you never find success in, in your comfort zone, right? You have to kind of step out of the box. It's it's not an easy thing to do, um, but I definitely think that is a huge factor in success. Um, I would say, I don't know, I guess like, my my personality as well. I like to think that I'm a fairly likable person. I have yet to hear otherwise. Um, so I think that helps as well. Um, and I think also just being open to things, being open to trying new things, or you know, being open to advice and criticism. I think if you're uh, if you close yourself off to all of that, it's going to be very hard to be successful. I agree. I agree. So is this your first podcast that you've been on? Uh, technically second. I did one for a friend, but that was probably five or six years ago. So it's, it's been a while. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, kind of a new experience then. Definitely. Yes. Yes. If you could go back in time, what is something that you would tell your younger self? I know you kind of just answered that, but. <laughs> um, I guess it, it, would, it would kind of be just to not be afraid to try new things. I, I know there's a lot of things I, I've experienced in the past where I may have missed out on opportunities because you know I was scared about it um but I've kind of come to learn that being scared about something in that sense just makes it exciting um you know if you're not scared or nervous about something then you know maybe it's not worth doing but I I think I I would have like to be able to tell myself that, that, you know, just be open to trying new things and, and putting yourself out there because it'll open up a world of opportunities for you that you 
you never would have even thought of. I love that. Last closing question before we get into the outro here. What is okay. you do every day that you are proud of? Every day. Um, that's actually a really hard question. I thought that was going to be an easier one. Um, I think, again, I feel like all of my answers are kind of falling into the same umbrella here, but just kind of putting myself out there when I need to. I mean, I between doing makeup and even working in insurance, I mean, I'm constantly encountering new people and, you know, having all these new experiences. And so I think just kind of pushing myself to to the limit and, and you know kind of stepping out of my comfort zone stepping outside the box is something I try to do every day sometimes I'm not so successful um which is okay and that's another thing I think I've I guess I would be proud of myself as being more forgiving with myself um but yeah just kind of pushing myself to do the best I can um that's definitely something I try to do every day that I am definitely proud of because it's uh, it's not something I was always able to do. Wow. That's incredible. We didn't even get a touch on any of the insurance stuff. So who knows? <laughs> That's okay. It's not as exciting. It's not as interesting. So <laughs> Sounds riveting. <laughs> Where can people find you and find all your work and information? This is your time to plug all your social medias, your website, if you have one, your phone number, contact info, whatever you want. Yeah, for sure. So I do have a website. It's uh, just makeupbyselita.com. And spelled C-E-L-I-T-A. You can find me on Instagram or on TikTok, even Facebook. Um, My handle is just at makeupbyselita. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's those are the the platforms that I use. So you can find me on any of those. Reach out to me through my website or through Instagram. Um, you can email me. It's makeupbysalita at outlook.com. If you if anyone has any questions or wants to, you know, find something that they can have done, feel free to reach out and I will always be there. Awesome. Also, guys, please don't forget, subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you guys listen to your podcast. Make sure you guys get the updates on more episodes as well. Facebook page, Instagram, and now also, guys, super happy. Finally got around on the bandwagon. TikTok. Yes, all those will be in the description below as well.